Welcome to the Amateur Skeptics Podcast number 269. I'm your host, Brian. 69. <laughs> Join this evening. 69. Join this evening. Ian is back. We're, we're adults, really. We are. <laughs> 69, dude. 69, yeah, dude. Righteous. Be excellent to each other. And we have Mad Cat with us. Hello, hello, 69. Bottles of beer on the wall? Sure. And of course, the man who can wet his own pants, the dumbass himself. Currently trying to figure out how to match the maturity level of this current episode. <laughs> Allons-y. <laughs> oh, hey, look, we're hawking Ian shit again. Yeah. Wow. I, I, I finally finished the second Georgia Mons Place novel. It's written, edited, got the cover and everything, and I love it, and I've already gotten some good feedback from people who are reading it. Um... Uh, Georgie and Armand's place under siege. And now, now uh, we we brainstormed uh, last episode, uh, uh, making up uh, uh, new titles uh, for uh, <laughs> books that you'll be coming out with. Um, so um, I, I assume you've listened and you've written all that down. When are you coming out with Georgie and Armand in space? Yeah, <laughs> could happen. Uh, that, 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 that would work for a great vacation story, actually. Georgie and Armand win Greece. Um, well, I don't want to do too many Earth ones, because I, I, I want the idea of them visiting other planets on their vacations. So, uh-huh. so far, two of the vacation stories have been on our Earth. Yeah. Uh, weird sex is there in Georgiana, in the Georgiana Mars. Yeah, but it's just, yeah, I know. I, I just wish they were connected. <laughs> okay. So, my friend Mike, who did the editing for me, um, at one point, um, he was referring to this as being my horny book, and I realized what point he had to have been at, because I, in this one... I introduce a race of fairies who are pansexual and have a insane sex drive. And <laughs> now, by by pansexual, you do not mean uh, frying the, pans, uh, uh, druidic god uh, Pan. Oh. No, I mean basically the main thing on their planet. Although is... I assume, as nature spirits, they they would be totally horny. Over. Yeah, uh, probably because I actually have one of them at one point. Um, looking at the larger beings and talking about how they probably just need to have an orgy and how. She actually thinks it's so hot watching um, basically ma- human-sized creatures having sex. So she has a perverted nature. But no, um, so it was interesting when I came up with this because they're a pansexual race of fairies and they're very open sexually. They partner up, but they don't have any jealousy or anything. For one thing, if I, you know, I, I know more about their culture. I know that, that you don't just randomly have kids. So kind of kind like Piers uh, Anthony's um, nymphs. Okay. But um, in this case, series. yeah, basically, uh, um, you know, if you see someone you're attracted to on the streets, you can walk up to them and say, hey, let's do it. And there's no faux pas against, OK, and you know, get get it on right there. But no one would think twice about it. So, I mean, you know, it, I mean uh, doesn't it seem kind of tacky just to, like, block the street or whatever? It's their society. That that's one of the things that was going through my head in writing them. Now we don't it see their society. To, to you, uh, it, still, it still seems rude to force people to step over you if they're going on their way. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, in their society, the, the people might join in. They say, "Hey, you know, you have room for a third? Uh, you know, it really is their society. The way they work. You know, the scenes I wrote. You know, it, it, it was wasn't a big thing. A, another guy getting a guy off. No one thought. You know." It's nothing out of the ordinary for them. And it was really kind of interesting to look at that and think about the two characters um, that we follow, the the um, male-female par- partnership. Although, I, theoretically, there's no limit to what kind of partnerships that the society would have. But in this case, it's a basic male-female one. So, at Sock and Na, Na's brother is a unique one for their species because he actually has no sex drive at all. And so he's a bit of an outcast. And so that plays into some of the bigger story with, with the, those characters. And so there was some interesting stuff to play with there in and, and perception. I mean, for us as a society, we would look at their side and be, oh, my God, you know, how could you do that? And for them, they'd look at our side and say, God, you guys are boring. How can you not be getting it on all the time? <laughs> so, I mean, I so have, it's a society uh, based yeah. on bonobos. I mean, like, some, of the metaphors little, some of the metaphors are a little heavy-handed, but it's like not, there's a lot of precedent for that kind of thing. I remember reading uh, a story one time. It might have been a Star Trek novel. I forget exactly what it was, but I think there was like some society that uh, uh, found uh, th- like the 
the idea of eating together in public could be like very yeah. uh, repugnant. Like it's, it's like it's something you you do in private. You're not supposed to share, like just like you poop in private. Right. No, I I I think that's a fairly standard sci-fi trope. I it seems like I've encountered that one a few times. But yeah, and see that's one of the things with George Romans place. I keep wanting to play with the ideas of these cultures that are really so different from ours that you know I I don't just want to explore. Uh, let's say the Klingons, which are fairly human, actually, if you look at it, just more violent, you know, more this one direction. It's like, no, let's take these cultures and really say, no, we have ours, but so many others are going to be way different from the way um, we function. And there's normally, there'll be reasons for it. Like I said, in this case, their species does not reproduce as easy as we do. There are actually other steps to have a kid. And kids, they're a long-lived species, and um, a lot of them just don't have kids that, be, you know, they don't need them. But, um, you know, so it's a species that really makes more, you know, uh, having a sex drive just for pleasure. Okay. And I also believe, this is one of the, my little joke I make, um, especially the way I present them in the book, whenever they get focused, they are like incredible magic users. These guys, the, the knowledge, the, the way their minds work when they actually can get focused so if it was not for the fact they had such an insatiable sex drive, they'd probably be taking over other worlds without trying. <laughs> all right, and this is all in the book. So what you're saying is horniness is magic. Read the book and find out more. And they're, they're, not, you know, they're, they're one part of it. Um, if you read the first book, I follow that same style. Um, the, the second book, and, and right now I'm even working on the third. They're going to follow that same format as the first book. Because I really like that format. It was a unique format I've never seen before. It worked for the storytelling I wanted. And so, while yes, you know, they have their story in there, and then they link up to the bigger story at the end, just like my first book. So, all right. Um, could I ask you guys a question? Is it a problem when it has the books you may like as home treatment for acute mental disorders, an alternative to hospitalization? <laughs> what? Wow. <laughs> Wow. Mine was just bondage shit and charcuterie. <laughs> yeah. Mine's hospitalization. Wow. <laughs> well, okay. alternative. And Andy Weir's. Well, the, anyway, uh, I guess we'll yeah. be looking forward to the next book in your series, Georgia and Armand, Lost in Time. Okay, but here's a. <laughs> there is time travel in this one. More importantly, when does the audiobook come out? Um, Hopefully not Um, too much longer. Um, uh, I wanted to make sure everything was fully edited before I even started on that. You know, so give it a month or two and we'll see. It, it, it is the next project we'll finish. I haven't caught up on all the Georgia Mind Vacation stories because I've been kind of distracted. So that's that's being done. One of them is being done right now as an audiobook. Then this is the next project for audiobook and it'll probably take about two months or more. All right. So hopefully by the end of summer. Okay. Anything else, or should we move on? We can move on. Right. I will allow it. Anything else got anybody? Anybody else got anything going on, or should we just move on to our next segment? Uh-uh. All right, Matt. I'm gonna move on. Yeah. Show off. Show off that new headset. What time is it? It is time for Ian and Dumbass's masturbation moment. Brought to you by the Dumbass Media Empire. The Amateur Skeptics present. Ian's Masturbation Moment, brought to you by the Dumbass Media Empire. The Dumbass Media Empire, bringing you content that touches people while they touch themselves. Nice. No, it's way better. I mean, we can hear you when you, when you, when you cut in to st- or try to cut in and say stuff. You're not getting run over as much. We can hear you. It's so much better. <laughs> so what is yep. this SE Cup? Of C C N N compares voter fraud. News. Yeah, what is it? Right. Um, yeah. So uh, compare the voter fraud to masturbation. Okay. And, voter fraud um, audits. Voter fraud. Yeah, the voter oh, yeah, fraud voter, audits. Sorry, voter fraud audits. Yes. Uh, that's what I meant to say. Yes, voter fraud audits. The, the Republican Party putting out uh, these audits for voter frauds that uh, it's pretty much a certainty, like massive voter fraud isn't taking place, and like. Uh, going through all this uh, stuff. Man. Um, now, um, Essie Cup of uh, CNN, uh, she uh, she had a comment about this, and she didn't mince word. Uh, she said here, uh, quote, 
To the voter fraud stuff, I mean, how much longer are we going to continue to perform this theatrical nonsense of recounts and audits, Cup said during an early morning New Day hit. I mean, it feels at some point, like, I don't know if I can say this, it feels like masturbation. I'm sure it feels <laughs> good to people in this wing of the party, but it does not actually end with anything. Now, uh, I just want to say, no, you may not say that, S.E. Cup. Okay, uh, good. You do not disparage masturbation in this way. I am putting my foot down. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, yeah, masturbation uh, she, actually, she, she actually something. said uh, uh, feels good, but does not actually end with anything. I will not mm. accept <laughs> continuing to see masturbation as some sort of lesser sex act, act mm. madame. <laughs> if, if you do it right, you get something out of it. You get a lot out of it, and uh, <laughs> I am, uh, I, 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 uh, I seriously feel this way. I, I seriously feel uh, very annoyed that people continue <laughs> to see masturbation in this way as some sort of, uh, okay, feels good, but ultimately useless uh, uh, thing to do with your sexuality that doesn't amount to anything. Absolutely <laughs> not. Well, maybe it's just her problem. I, I don't mean, I don't, I, I what I suspect is... It isn't a great analogy, and and if she really thought about it, she might not have made it. But the, but I think that the point is, you know, okay, what I, I what <laughs> the I, there's so many. I don't know. I can't even. Do, I can't even. I can't even defend it because there are so many good things that come out of masturbation, and out of these audits, we've gotten squat. Right? Nothing. They found nothing. Yeah. She just doesn't have the right. Um, it's failed masturbation. Waterhead. <laughs> it, it's not the good kind of masturbation. Is what it is. It's the GOP trying to get themselves the, the, off. The, the, the kind where your mind's not into it and it just peters out. You know I mean? Yeah. That, that, that's. <laughs> I mean, these audits are pointless masturbation, right? They're, yeah. they're, at the end, they won't. I mean, we'll get nothing out of it, right? If they, I mean, if you, if if you want to use that analogy, I don't know. It's not great. I suppose it's, I can it's, accept it's a, that metaphor. Yeah, it's them trying to masturbate but failing. It, it, getting, it is Republicans climax. diddling themselves, right? I mean, so. <laughs> nah, she just has the wrong shower head. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's an unfortunate uh, mix there, isn't it? Very unfortunate. Anyway, that's all I had to say on this one. All right. Okay. We'll, we'll let it go. <laughs> Unless you guys want to talk more about voter fraud uh, audits. Uh, no, can we not? No. No. no, no, no. Not we'll, we'll talk about something more important now. Yeah. <laughs> Wetpantsdenim.com. What the I could not. Fuck? Yeah. When I, when I saw this, the existence of this product, I'm like, what the f-? So there's a website, and it's been around for a couple years now even, called Wetpantsdenim. Basically, you buy a. Oh fuck! Pair... This is good camouflage. <laughs> Basically, you buy a pair of jeans that is made to look like you peed yourself, and um, yeah. yeah uh... I mean, if you're prone to peeing yourself, this is great camouflage. Like, like go around to people, like, uh, with, look, hey, the, the, this is fake. The, feel that? See, absolutely fake. And then you have to pee yourself. <laughs> feel that? Safety and comfort. <laughs> nobody will ever know. <laughs> the, you read what I, I think I honestly think it's somewhat a mock thing, but you, it's real products you can buy. Yeah, but you does can buy the, this stuff. Yeah, has anybody bought a pair of these? Um, so I I put an article it's of still someone there? who, I, yeah, it's been around for a couple years now. It's still an active site, although it looks like the price went down. If you read the article I linked to from two years ago, someone investigating it, they paid a hundred bucks for a pair of these jeans. Why the jeans are now seventy five. The, the, well, yeah. the person themselves bought the jeans for the article, kind of thing. Right. Okay. But okay. you know, are they really cheap jeans? Um, I think the and that's the weird thing is I, I was comparing, and I think they now went up in quality for jean wise, from what I could tell from what the article said to what it looks like they do now. Because um, in the article it talks about how at that point they did a sharpie in the back of the jeans, um, WPD, and then I guess the jean number. Although if now they have a tag. If we were to, yeah, the tag. If although if we were to believe this, the person who wrote the article may have been the third person to buy the jeans because <laughs> the number is zero zero three. Now, if you go to their site now, they actually have their own printed out tags on the jeans. So, okay. although you can bring your own pants, I don't know um, the cost for sending in your own pants to them. But they at least, like I said, now they actually have their own tag shown in the back of it instead of um, handwritten. 
30 bucks. Send them, I think like this should be own. something that you should be able to do just yourself at home with a with a pair of jeans if you figure out the right stain that right. make uh, the right look. It, it, yeah. You got to keep make it continue to look wet, right? So I mean, yeah. but the question is, what's the t- consistency of it? I mean, are they doing it with an epoxy or something that that would certainly carry a shine? Yeah, I mean, well, it, so the the um, slogan is "Wet Look, Dry Feel." Yeah, and like I said, I, I think there's a fair amount of tongue-in-cheek stuff to the whole site if you read through it, you know, because they talk about the comfort of um, having the style and stuff. And it's like, what? what? Who, who would who would want to wear these? What what, what style are we talking about? I People have... who want to pee their pants with impunity. <laughs> well, they they like show they show um, Liam Neeson, Adam Sandler, a few other people. With um that style, if you look at the about page, that you know they show people walking around with it, and they give you a whole thing of um it being the look of the day kind of stuff. Okay, um, is this something like you know uh Deadpool's concept of wearing clothes <laughs> to uh to the whatever is going on type of deal? <laughs> you know, I like personally have a word for blood. That some of the pictures may be um, doctored, um, altered, yeah, doctored just slightly. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, but I, I, I'm trying to imagine Pierce Brosnan wearing these pants, right? Or Liam Neeson. Yeah. Adam Sandler, sure, I get it. <laughs> yeah, you get that too. Yeah, it's, like I said, it feels very much tongue in cheek, kind of joking stuff, but it's a real product you can buy if you really want to wear pants that look like you Peters. Hey, time to green shredding these. And somehow they have their own currency called Piss Coin. Oh my God! Really? Which I, yeah. How are they doing on the market? Is that something uh, like being a piss ad? Those uh, ads <laughs> to get the app to buy uh, digital coins and stuff. Yeah, but they have their own digital currency. Which Do you is think they should invest in it? I don't. One Piss Coin is currently valued at seventy-five dollars. Seventy-five dollars. And how do you get a Piss That's Coin? A piss and oh. Um, through them. So if you want to give them cold hard cash for piss coins, which can probably only be traded for P jeans. Ew. <laughs> okay. So yeah, it's, it's a cryptocurrency, so you must mine it somehow. Yeah, it's out there. I. This <laughs> <laughs> day the internet, we we should be less and less surprised when we find stuff like this. But you know, it, it's 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 just inter- go ahead. It's just um very interesting. To find what they come up with for new coins and such. Yeah. Well, you also got to wonder how much but, money but they're to, making off of it all. You know, it, it, it obviously well, you know, you, you're the listener, You, the listener, do not have to worry about all of, all of those uh, uh, cryptocurrencies out there, uh, all, the, all the confusing uh, which ones to buy and stuff, because we have the inside score for you. You can now buy amateur skep bucks um, <laughs> currently. <laughs> Currently, we're set at two hundred and fifty dollars per uh, skep buck. Um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, going up all the time. We invite anybody to uh, pick some up. <laughs> to two hundred fifty is what is what that's up to, huh? So, what are we gonna put on the picture? Uh, I don't know. Well, do we have something kind of like a mascot? Uh, trying to remember what our website. Yeah, we'll yeah, that. I know. Alien yeah. thing. Alien, 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 alien thing. Yeah, I don't know. Canada has beaver on the five cent. No, we we would do the alien dude on the weird little hover bike thingy that's on the our alien website. Alien dude on the hover bike. Okay. Yeah. Go to AmateurSkeptics.com. You got the alien dude on the hover bike. Yeah. Okay. That's right. So, sure. what about the other side? Uh, so you're, you're I think that would just be like, like uh, for for the amateur skeptic. Yes, apostrophe yes. There you go. Bird. <laughs> so yeah, if you if you want to give us two hundred fifty dollars, we will actually go and print some of those up and <laughs> issue them out to you. <laughs> God. The alien on the one side and a parrot on the other. No one, no one should send us money. Let, let's, let's make this clear. Don't just don't, don't do it. Ryan's only speaking for himself. <laughs> Everybody. <wants. laughs> or, or, or if you, or if you want to waste your money and help someone out once more, buy my books. That's why I pimp my stuff here all the time. Pimp, 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 pimp. I'm done. All right. <laughs> there we go. So hey, so. Uh, we, we all know what uh, essential oils are, right? Yes, yeah, stinky. I mean, um, I, I assume uh, I assume they must be uh, essential uh, for for like anything you want to do. Uh, it's right in the name. 
yeah. Um, they're the ones we can't live without. Yeah, and dry up and none gone. of that's true. <laughs> uh, essential only is only talking about um uh the, about about it, you know about them being plant oils. Maybe they're essential to the plant. I, I but, uh, but no, the, the, the word actually comes from essence. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Right. So so like olive oil is an essential oil. Right. It's the essence of the olive oil of the olive herb. <laughs> So it has nothing to do with being essential in any way, shape, or form. You, you do not need these things. And for some people, they can potentially be dangerous. So they, they've recently done some, some studies with, with some essential oils. And um, when they were doing this research, they found that some people were having seizures. Um, and, and, and so if they, 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 were, they, were, uh, they had group, two groups of people when they went back and were looking at the, the research. Uh, they had a group of people that that were already had had some grand mal seizures, right? They were already so they had already had had them, and then they had a group of people that had never had them. So, um, so they had the essential oil induced seizures, and then essential oil provoked so we're, we're, we're seizures. We're talking about like we're we're, we're talking like a people with a seizure uh, condition. Uh, some of not them, not just uh, that some sort of not not uh, not an allergic reaction here. Okay, so. Essential oil-induced seizures occur after exposure to essential oils where there was a temporary relationship and no evidence of – and no previous history of seizure uh, and no reoccurring seizures after the oil after stopping. So they, they, they had the seizures while, while using the essential oils but none after, right? So they didn't have them before and they didn't have them after they, after they stopped but only during the exposure. Where there, are, where there, where if the, it's an essential oil provoked seizure, these are people that um, that are, are people with epilepsy or uh, epileptic syndrome, where the seizures occurred after exposure to the essential oils, and there was no um, obvious cause of the seizure, i.e., um, not taking medicine, right? So, so, so it could provoke a seizure. We've got different control groups. Exactly. Yeah, because because some people, it, because if you're already an epileptic, you you know you could have a seizure anyway. You're at even you know if you stop taking your medicine, you can have it. But they were able to provoke a seizure in these people. But there are other people who who didn't have any previous issues with um, with seizures that had seizures um, while doing the essential oils. Um, it's not a large study. Um, let's see. See over four. A four-year period, 55 patients were identified out of 350 screens. Okay. So it's not nothing, but it, it but it's not it's not a huge sample size. No. Um, 22 were EOIS, so those are um, essential oil-induced seizures, and 33 were EOPS, which are the provoked seizures, the essential oil-provoked seizures. Um, so 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 obviously most of them were already prone to um, to some sort of seizure. And I, I guess I mean that if you, if people are interested in you know they can dig into it more. But what I think that I'm trying to remember what the oils were that caused it. I think it was was it chamomile. What was one of them? I don't know. Does anybody mm-hmm. see that what the oil that provoked the? Okay, yeah. So here, um, bombs can come can came camphor and eucalyptus were identified as well as. The pure oils contain in one or both ingredient. These are the same active ingredients found in Vicks Vapor Rub, um, but mm. but have no um, idea if the products identified in the study were the same. Um, the the paper g- gives a series of vignettes. Uh, so uh, ultimately, the, um, it, it was, it's interesting though that that. And I and I also don't know how exactly how the oils were being used. Were they just smelling them, or was there something else going on? Right? Were they boiling them in water and vaporizing them? I, I'm not sure. But and, it, and they, they didn't necessarily uh, classify these as some sort of um, allergic reaction. Nope, they did not. Mm-hmm. Nope. Well, you know, the one talked about inhaling it. Yeah, that so that's, that's probably what they were doing. Them. Yeah. Yeah, if, if, if they're putting in steam stuff and inhaling this stuff, you can see why the well. So I don't know how many people know this, but one danger of forest fire is when um, poison ivy and poison oak are burning, and the fumes are in the air. Oh and if wow! You inhale those, sure. You you can you know your throat can um, react to it in an allergic reaction. So it sounds like same kind of thing. You know, inhale the fumes. Uh, you can have pretty nasty allergic reaction to something like. That. So it says the average time to a seizure onset varied thirty minutes to twenty four hours after a typical application. Two to three. 
two minutes to 30 minutes after inhaling um, and 30, to 30, 30 minutes to six hours after ingestion. So there's so obviously two different ways that they were, they, they right. were taking in the oils. Um, and, I, and that makes sense. The, I, I mean, the inhalation yeah. is definitely going to work pretty quickly. Right, but I, still, I mean, they... I wonder how they identified the 250 and then how they narrowed it down from there, right? Mm. I mean, they, I, it seems like they were looking for people that, that might be prone to prone to this anyway. It's interesting because I don't know well, how, how this, how this re, um, translates to the general population based on no, this yeah. research. I, I mean, is it, is it the case that there's just a lot more people that are likely to have a seizure with, with these essential oils? I guess it's mm. possible. Yeah, well, but it's, yeah, you, well, despite what they say, you don't really know what all's in them. Yes, this is oil that's of true. blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that's true, too. Okay, you know, I, I've never dealt with that before. What is oil of blah, blah, blah? And so, you know, it, 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 this kind of stuff, don't, basically, in general, don't ingest questionable stuff that's not FDA approved into your body unless you know for sure what it's going to do to you. Yeah. That, that's just a, a common sense thing. And you can almost be guaranteed this stuff's not FDA approved. Well, it's it, it's not FDA, but it, but it might be certified as not harmful, right? It be it could be a Schedule One or what do they call that? Now that'd be something to look into. Yeah, see, I don't know. Um, I mean, most people don't consider these. I essential mean, I oils. think there are certain problems with some scented candles too. I think uh, when you're putting stuff out into the air, that and it, and I and I think like they don't have as great uh, standards for uh, measuring that. Mostly, they just go by what's recognized as safe in food, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. What's food safe? Yeah, that's that's true. And, but it is interesting here that I mean that in this particular study, I think that they can they they probably were pretty sure about the about what they were um, using, right? Yeah. Um, well, talking about um, eucalyptus and camphor, which I'm not sure what camphor. I'm not sure what camphor is. is, but I mean eucalyptus is everywhere. Yeah, I I, I yeah. had eucalyptus tea many times. So it, it all depends know. on the strength too, and yeah, those two particular yeah. oils can be very strong. Well, and no. once again, like like you're talking about tea, which is probably not as strong as the oil. Right. Mm. I don't usually do much with eucalyptus, but my mating call is a koala-like burp. <laughs> Fair enough. It's just interesting. I, I think that I think that um, maybe the the some of the, a lot of these essential oils have been overlooked about their potential harmfulness when you concentrate an oil like that. Yeah, and you know, once more, going back to the poison ivy thing, you can't just say something's safe because it's a plant. No. Sorry, we know there are plants like that. You're right, the, Although, the, the naturalistic fallacy, right? I mean, it, it, yeah. it. Interesting fact, Howard, our number one listener, he is actually not allergic to poison ivy. He can touch it with no reaction. So he might be a MythBuster. <laughs> <laughs> Did it, I don't know if you ever saw that the so, MythBusters so he, were trying yeah, to. Yeah, so anybody he hates, he can just like crush some poison ivy <laughs> into his palm and go shake their hands. Yep. The the MythBusters <laughs> were doing some testing with poison ivy, and like none of them reacted to it. <laughs> mm. So they had to find other people. <laughs> oh, I oh, fuck, that's, that uh, that, that's a kind of a test. Like, like it's good to find out if that's the case, but it's like that's a kind of a test. Like you, you just don't want to risk anyway. Right? Yeah. yeah. Sure. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. That, that's one of the things you generally are told. It's like, you, if you don't know, don't touch it because it is nasty. You know, you can't get these oils off, and that's what it is. It's the oils on the plant that you just cannot get. You know, it, it's really a bitch to get off and spread real easily. Yeah. Oh yeah. And and then some guy who's not allergic to it could be a car- carrier, like oh, yeah. a, a typhoid Mary, and uh, just uh, spread it to yeah. everyone he knows. And like, and but and that's the same kind of thing with these essential oils. There's probably a lot of people that yeah it won't affect, but if you have an allergy to them in this concentrated of level, yeah. You know, the, the reaction can be pretty severe. I, it doesn't surprise me. I, I'd like to see this. I'd like to see it expanded to the general population because I, to, to find out if these things, if, if there is a larger harmful effect from these right. essential oils. That's that's what I'd like to know. But we've talked about these essential oils, and, and, and obviously there is a potential for reaction to them, right? I, I don't believe that, mm-hmm. you know, that just because you're spraying lavender oil over the place – that it means that you're going to be calm, right? I mean, it smells oh, yeah. great, but that that doesn't actually going to make you calm. But that doesn't mean that you couldn't have another, you know, like drug interaction with with the oils. Right. I mean, I, I don't think uh, like uh, I don't think uh, having whatever smell you want in oil form makes it any superior than having the smell in any other form, like a Glade plug-in. <laughs> yeah. Except for the Glade plug-in, it might be condensed a lot and put in other stuff too. Yeah, I don't know what else is in the Glade plug-in, right? But 
but it, it, it they they're probably trying to find a way to use less of the of whatever they're trying to distribute um right so the carrier agent uh, yeah, I mean, is going might be all different all that i'm saying is a, a good smell is a good smell no matter yeah. where what source it comes from if you yeah. like the smell it has the same benefits and lavender is a great smell right i mean it really is but to think that it's going to do anything for you other than make things smell good is part of the problem yeah and it's one that definitely can easily get overpowered if you um you know, I, I have hit lavender stuff. I was like, okay, that's a bit much. Sure. So, and, you know, it, you know, and I'm, so, you know, with anything like that, you can get to a level of uncomfortable. I mean, not necessarily seizures, but to the point of, yeah, I don't want to be in this room. It's kind of affecting me in a <coughs> right. way, you know? Yeah. I think for a long time, I thought I didn't like lavender just because I smelled it too strong. Right. And, and that, that can definitely have an effect. I, I bring it up because it's one of the few essential oils that I actually do like. <laughs> Right, I like I like the smell of <laughs> lavender in small doses. Um, I, I you eucalyptus, eh, I can I can take or leave it. Right, it's it's fine. I made the Vicks Vapor Rub. I, I can see some benefits there. Right, um, Camophore, I know nothing about, but there are ones you know that I mean orange oils and stuff like that. You know that, yeah, that they're nice. Um, the the harm is that you know uh, what comes in if if you're replacing something else with it, and if it and if it can cause a you know to have a seizure, there, there's, there's even more potential harm from these uh, um, these essential oils. So, yeah. Well, we didn't have to go back in history to find that out. No. No, but, but someone else does. <laughs> so yeah, obviously, as a lead into our next story. Hmm. Um, there's definitely people out there that don't seem to pay attention to history. Um, so, you know, we're a geeky group and one of the things I've been more and more, um, getting so angry of is all these, um, toxic fans online. And I'll explain to you what a toxic fan isn't someone that disagrees with me. A toxic fan is someone who has gotten upset with something or some franchise. And since they listen, I'm upset and explain why, be creative. They are actually, they go and they promote the idea of the franchise failing. They celebrate the idea of the franchise failing. They push the idea that the franchise has to fail because they're upset with it. And they'll often go to extreme, I've seen some pretty extreme arguments about how the franchise ruined, my um, childhood is ruined, all this stuff is ruined, all because I disliked what the franchise did. It's about okay, but it's about building a community that that is in the same boat as you are, right? I mean that that's part of it, right? Yeah. You, they want to bring people I've to their side to, because they're upset. Yeah, but one of the most I, common. I've always thought the whole my, my childhood is ruined thing was just a stupid whine. Like, <laughs> yeah. They come out with some new thing, new interpretation. Even if you don't like it's, it, mm. how does that yeah. uh, ruin what you saw before? Right, I, I, I completely agree, and we've seen that a lot of Star Wars right now. Um, you know, me and Brian can disagree on the rise of Skywalker, but Brian's not trying to tear the franchise down. He's not trying to proclaim that everything else that's coming out is horrible garbage. Um, he's not going to attack anything Disney does before they even put it out there. The toxic fans basically are will d- take something that hasn't even been released yet and declare it a failure already. Right. It's, I don't. Fact, yeah, I don't want it to not be successful. That's right. that's not my goal. But th- th- that's the goal of the toxic fans. Well, one of the big arguments right now is quite often everything being political. They're so upset that Star Trek is political and that um, it's so woke. And it's like uh, Gene Roddenberry was very woke for his time. And I I, I, I pointed this out to uh, these people. I mean, that is kind of true, but uh, but it's kind of silly to think of it back on these days that uh, Klingons were basically like Mongolians and uh, Romulans, of course, were the Romans. (laughs) <laughs> but no, yeah, Star like, Trek. Like all, all of the uh, they're all based on uh, some like racial yeah. thing. Yeah, but yeah. Star Trek in itself was criticized when it came out for its political stance, and so you have all these th- these things proclaiming how political we everything's become and how horrible that is that it's all political now, and so political even beforehand. Yeah, and so Doctor Who, of course. They um, did their fe- first female doctor. I've loved her. I thought she was actually very well done. I um, the, the problems with the series have nothing to do with her. But you will have all these toxic fans right now proclaiming that Doctor Who is dead because they um, decided to do a female doctor because they're just trying to be politically correct and woke and all this stuff. Doctor Who never should have been female. It's never been political in the past. I don't get that. I don't understand that. Why? 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 Why should the doctor not be female? I don't understand that during the regeneration so process. I can, kind of see, right? I can kind of see a point of that. Uh, 
it gets tiring when companies feel like all they have to do is really just uh, cater to uh, uh, minorities and stuff in order to get them to go through. And that that's just like a, a wave that they're riding on, whether that, rather than anything can, sincere. I can kind of see uh, that as an argument for it. But, um, you know, like uh, mm. still, it, it's something that people like Minority? and want. And, uh, but once more, what? one of the things they're saying is, Doctor Who's trying to be political now. They put, they did the female Doctor, and all these stories are being political and critical of um, aspects of. Did anybody being... complain when they came out with a female Master? Uh no, actually, no, because um, he called himself Mistress. M- Missy, Missy was actually fairly <laughs> well received. Um, yeah, Missy was a great received. character. So yeah, wait, so he's... so there's precedent for for during the re- to, for um, one of the um, what do you call him becoming a woman. Yeah, well, the new series had, um, even before Missy, had references to um, Time Lords switching gender. So maybe that it was, was even, um, yeah, so the idea that, yeah. that the Doctor had never become a woman before may be more shocking than the fact that well, he finally did. Yeah, I don't know how caught up you are, but then um, everyone was, uh, the, there was a bigger reveal. There was a big reveal about the Doctor's past, which got them all, a lot of people upset, even though it fits actually a whole... A forgotten piece from one episode of the Tom Baker era that um, actually they used to say, actually, this is what's going on. But anyways, it, it gets complicated, timey-wimey, wibbly-wobbly. So the point mm-hmm. is, these people are proclaiming that Doctor Who should never be political. Well, so this <laughs> article, this article from Den of Geeks, Doctor Who's long history of political and social consciousness. Doctor Who has been political. In fact, as far as if you look at storytelling in general yeah like uh, uh, along with uh, star trek one of the more idealistic programs out there yeah but you look at storytelling in general it is political when you tell a story when you write a story i'm a writer i know this your political stuff gets in there storytelling is political at its heart you can't get away from that but so this list goes through classic doctor who and I, i think even some of the more modern doctor who and says look these are political stories that have been out there that exist Right, um, but it, it's it's here's the thing: is that it's easy to accept these things when the politics agrees with yours. In fact, it's harder to right. see if the if if the politics agrees with with your position, you you just move on, right? Because you be um, it's when it challenges your position that, that you see a problem. Right and good and bad. <laughs> yep. Well, and and yeah, well, exactly from from your perspective, right? I mean, the, it, it may or may not be correct, and we've seen these things, you know, adjust over time too, right? Yeah. You know. But, I, I mean, it goes, um, you know, if you go down the second, weirdly enough, it's the second one. But it go, the, the second example is the Daleks. And the Daleks very much, peace, war, racism, radiation. You know, the, the initial idea of the creation I... of the Daleks was an unending war that left the planet irradiated to the point that everything was mutating on the planet. And the Daleks had to build their armor to survive. Is it mm-hmm. Daleks or Daleks? Daleks. It's Daleks. Dialect. You're, you're putting it, an R in there, buddy. That a, doesn't belong. It gets a bit of an R sound in there that those, you know, for pronunciation pur- purposes, there is a slight R sound. You, 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 he, I think Ian was just assuming that they're they're using the British uh, uh, emphasis to drop off the R. We are Daleks. Yeah, there's no R in the na- in the spelling, <laughs> but there is an R pronunciation in there. Don't ruin my childhood. It's Dalek. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so you know, right off the bat. The, the, the Daleks were the second storyline they ever did for Doctor Who. And that was, mm-hmm. you know, you can't get away from how political the, the concept of the Daleks are. Like I said, um, you know, it's a planet that was stuck in, a, I, I think, like 400-year-long war. But this basically unending war where um, they are basically irradiating the planet, making it unlivable. And the the Daleks are, are doing well because they built the armor to shelter themselves. In. And right. uh, I don't course, think that was the the thing that uh, they were doing well because they built the armor, wasn't it? That uh, a mad scientist on the on that planet uh, created them in in order to uh, so yeah, uh, Davros just, uh, wipe everybody else out. Davros is a bit of a retcon. Um, he came in um, during the fourth Doctor's time. They they introduced him then and gave a bit more backstory to the creation of the Daleks. But even there, the planet was already um, dying because of the war and the, the constant fighting. And so, yes, they were a um, they were created as a weapon of war, but also at the same time a means of survival. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I, I think uh, he thought that it, that they were just like uh, the the ultimate 
a way to for the species to survive by like uh, turning into these uh, the this uh, thing these war machines that will kill everybody else. Yeah, and and the, definitely, um, you know, it mentioned racism. There's no doubt the Daleks are a pinnacle example of racism because all the other species are um, inferior. They, they um, the main goal is to wipe them all out so that nothing exists but Daleks. That has been a common theme throughout. So Daleks yeah. themselves are undeniable. Sure, but I, I mean the point. The, the the point is here that, that I, I think is that you know if, if you make when you make when you make uh, something political that is punching Nazis, nobody says anything, right? Because right. because it's okay to punch Nazis. But as soon as you have Wonder Woman, you know, saving the world from climate change, now you're too weak. <laughs> yeah. right? Well, okay, so um, not not Doctor Who related, but kind of almost because Neil Gaiman related. So the the adapting Neil Gaiman's. Gaiman or Gaiman? Uh, Neil Gaiman. <laughs> adapting his award-winning, brilliant um, graphic novel series, Sandman, to a TV show right now. Um, they casted a um, non-binary actor to play Desire. In the Sandman universe, Desire is non-binary. There were people who were busy proclaiming how um, you're selling out to cast a non-binary person in Sandman. And it's like, they're casting a non-binary person to play a non-binary character. How is that selling out? It's but you not- actually, you have people upset over that who are proclaiming how horrible it is to be that politically correct and all this other stuff. It's like, actually, that... Uh, it sounds like people who don't, who don't know the material and <clears throat> don't know that, that uh, the character is non-binary. That is what Neil Gaiman has come back at. He actually went off on, um, there's a um twitter um meme going around about him basically ripping this guy apart about i'm not selling out read the damn graphic novel you idiot just as so long as american gods isn't political right then then i'm okay <laughs> oh nowhere near <laughs> yeah so um once the, the the article itself goes through some of the more famous doctor who adventures of and points out the um political nature of these stories and you know it, it's you know the political stuff has been there always has it always will so the whole whiny complaining thing about how dare they go political uh no uh-uh. it's there well yeah, and we, people people yeah. like to paint uh political correctness and uh uh, uh the uh euphemism treadmill and all that kind of stuff as a brand new thing but uh they were talking about this when i was a kid i can distinctly remember uh, adults talking about how you can't uh, say certain things anymore and stuff. Uh, I don't think it's really gotten worse. Some of the things have changed, but uh, I mean, like there, there's been so much uh, uh, censorship and stuff and, and stuff that uh, you weren't allowed to say in flight company. It's like uh, ridiculous. Like I think it's rose colored glass looking at the past to think that it was at, at any time different. Yeah. It's one of the things looking back um once more, like I said, Star Trek did get criticism for being um, uh, blah, 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 too liberal and stuff and forcing ideas. Um, you know, classic Trek, when it came out, it did get this criticism. Here we are. Um, what, what was that? I was in the 60s. And, and when, you, when you think about it, though, it, 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 there was some racism in Star Trek, like a lot of racism against uh, energy the, beings. Yeah. The, well, no, there was a whole episode of the um, people that had half white, half face, half white, half black face. But um, it, it, yeah, depending on what side the white and black was on to, if you were the superior or the inferior, you know, they did a whole episode that was nothing but putting racism right in your face. And That's not to is, say they always got it right. I mean, I think that they misstepped a few times, but I think that they always tried to, 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 the, yeah. to do the right thing. And and here's the thing is that I mean, I, the, foam, the foam monster lizard man race, they, they, those were never shown in a good light. So. <laughs> for me that's part of star trek part of star trek is that yeah. is that politicalness is that is that idea that striving to build the, the most equitable and you know uh, society that they can right and that's one of the things that i really dislike about the reboot of star wars that it's missing that it's not it, they're action films but that but to me they are not our star trek other they're, they're not star trek they don't they 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 miss yeah, the think, whole spirit big, right big factor of uh yeah, big a big a big thing uh, a factor of uh, I think most Star Treks up until this point has been a lot of idealism. Right, and so they they totally left that out when they did the reboot. And and mm. here's the thing: is that it's it's fine. They are fine. They they are fun films. But 
they but they but they left out the essential piece to me that that makes it Star Trek, right? They made mm-hmm. action fi- action films with the with my characters, right? It it's fan fiction. Mm-hmm. Right. But part of the thing I, I'm saying is that it's really hard to make uh, something that is uh, earnestly idealistic these days because Yeah, uh, and that, and that, that's fine. Uh, our yeah. entertainment we 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 want them to be like really self-aware and uh uh, like uh, smart about what they're doing and like uh, not like because uh, like a lot of the idealistic messages are a little bit uh, and uh, I guess especially in uh, now now times considered a little naive a little uh, um, a little dreamy um, and uh, there, there's some validity to that but it's uh, uh, they're, they're, I think there's still something about earnest idealism. Mm. But yeah. Star Trek in general has always been very liberal in its ideology. It ha- absolutely and has. Yeah. We and you jump the you know it's been what 45 years since the original series and we don't see it as much and that's one interesting thing if you look at movies and um, art in general and see the progress. Quite often, what is um, pushing the boundaries the generation before us. It's like that's pushing boundaries. What do you mean? What? Well, because it, we, we, you know, we are we've seeing it. The, you know, I, when the after effects of that, where okay, the boundaries was pushed, it got pushed. It was a big deal. We're now accepting it. We don't see it because it's not where we are politically, and that's part of the problem with this. Is um, well, that's a you know, uh, it's an example of the uh, cultural discussion uh, having having had a moment and uh, moved past that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And so you know the, the political nature of Doctor Who, it was of the time. And looking back, it doesn't seem to have the same impact. Right, but here's the thing is that if, if you take Doctor Who and you take all of that out of it, right, what do you have? Do, do you still yeah. have Doctor Who? No, not really. Doctor, you know, the, the essence of the character is he does push political um, ideas. That's how I feel about Star it, it, Wars. That, That's how yeah. I feel about Star Trek, right? Mm-hmm. And the debate on the, the, the relevance of the new movies is a whole other thing uh, i have words for the two of us could do an interesting geek podcast of all this sure although right now you've lost quite a few geek creds by confusing star wars and star trek i have a few i've sure. said it wrong a few times yeah. but i'm but i am i, I, I am not, talking about star I'm not trek sure if i can forgive you for that one brian well i mean <laughs> we're, we're not we're not talking about we're, we're not talking about disney garbage right <laughs> no but i i you're i am talking about Gandalf i'm talking specifically about star trek what's that <laughs> Gandalf would be very disappointed. Gandalf would be very disappointed with me. Yeah. No, no, you're right. I, 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 I try. I caught myself and a few the times. Princess Harry Potter. <laughs> I'm. I. I was referring to Star Trek for sure, right? right? Because it. Because when you look back at woke series, I, I Doctor Who, I see it, and I see it, and in Star Trek, I see it, right? I mean, that those those stick out to me as, as you know, if, if you want to use the word woke, those are them. Right. Oh yeah. And in. Even Discovery, right, has been has been pushing that line, right? That well, there's, a, there's more stuff going on there. The, the, the toxic fans hate Discovery. They hate it with a passion. Yeah, and I like Discovery. I mean, they, they, there was some bad stuff there hate for a little Discovery. while, but they, but they they brought it back. They they saved it. So oh, it got better. I, I, I think so. Watching it, I, I I think so. I think that in the fur the second half of the. Um, First, uh, the first series that 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 they, they they've got it back on track, and I thought that you know the the second season was pretty good. Um, I have not watched the third season yet <laughs> because CBS yeah, screwed me. Everything from Discovery on, they hate. They hate Picard. They hate the lower decks. I did, I didn't care Star for Trek Picard. I I, well, I couldn't I like finish it. Picard. Lower decks was fun. I didn't see that one. I, lower I decks was. Yeah. Okay. I've seen a few episodes of Lower Decks so far. Yeah, but cool. it's a fun series. But they hate it. The toxic fans. Of course they do. Are, are so well. I mean, upset. a certain amount of that I think is series fatigue because there have been so many uh, Star Trek spinoffs, and people have uh, some particular idea of what uh, it should be to them, probably based on the one that they latched onto when they were growing up. But the, one of the problems that we have is that you, you kind of never, you can't go back. You you're never going to experience the same thing from something as you did when you were a kid. You you have changed since you were a kid. You you become more knowledgeable about the world. You see yeah. things differently than you do as a kid. And so so even if the movie was even if the movie was identical, right? You wouldn't have the same feelings about it as, as you would when you were a kid because you have different life experiences now. And so the the idea that you're ever going to recapture that, it, it, that that you, you're setting yourself up for failure when you when well, you yeah, go that to these was movies. One of the things I had um, 
said about Rise of Skywalker, and I know you're not a huge fan of it, but it was a movie that was going to fail no matter what. I don't think there was they could have made the most the best Star Star Wars movie ever for for Episode Nine, and it would still have failed because it could never have captured that again. It could never have done what the the super impossible um, ideology that all everyone wanted it to be. It was never going to achieve that. But that's what they ha- the, uh, everyone was convinced it had to do was a super perfect thing that was, you know, so even even the best Star Wars movie they could have made would have failed that because everyone's wanting that initial experience again. And it's not going to happen. But but I got it, though. That That's not completely true. I got it with Rogue One. <laughs> Rogue One delivered. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons that it delivered is that it wasn't a bunch of Skywalkers again. Right. It was his own yeah, story. Well, that, that I, I'll, I'll definitely give you. That's one thing that did help is to break away from the main. Um, yeah, and, and, and yeah, and if they thing. start to, telling other stories in the world that aren't dependent on on the on the Jedi <laughs> and the Skywalkers, they I think that they really will do better. Leave those characters alone. They're done. They were our childhood. Give us something new, right? <laughs> Even if it's the <laughs> same with new characters, it, it might bring that magic back. I mean, Rogue One did it for bring me. Bring that chopper. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I think I think part of the problem is is stringing these characters along forever and expecting them to be the same, right? Yeah, the, 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 that's definitely there. that's um, part of the problem. Is they 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 don't they, they really think that somehow the the magic needs to be there every um, time. And it's like actually after the initial thing, you're not going to get the magic back. You're not going to get those same feelings. Um, and you're going to see them in a different light. Um, you're going to find things that, you know, as an adult, you know, the, these guys are being bothered because um, the, the, they're seeing in what's coming out political ideas that they disagree with. And instead yeah. of saying, well, I, yeah. I will ignore that and look at the story and the other stuff and see if I can find them there, they're like, no, the political ideas are going to rule, and that's what's going to determine how much I enjoy it. And, you know, that, that's, that should limit them, but they seem to believe that they will find something out there that will not be political. I don't know what. I really don't. I mean, I mean, I mean, even even uh, Sesame Street is political these days too. The, the, well, they've Sesame always Street been. In a it's sense. always been. You know, oh, here, yeah. the problem is that if you have an attachment to something, and 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 that to like they do to the Skywalkers, right? I mean, people have an attachment to 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 Darth Vader. They have an attachment oh. to, to these characters, right? And when the character does something that 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 ruffles their feathers from from a political point of view. They, they have an, it's they, the problem is that they have an attachment to the character to begin with. If they didn't yeah. have that, they could probably let it go, right? And they, they well, might hmm. never attach to that character. But if you've already attached to a character, and now that character says something political that that ruffles your feathers, that that's where the problem. That's I think. Well, one of the, the, the case of Luke Skywalker, which to me is one of the prime things that show just the, where the toxic fans failed. If you listen to some of their commentary, they're like Luke Skywalker was, you know, who I idolized as a kid and wanted to be. Well, then in The Last Jedi, Luke's what you actually became. And I think, like, no, no, I don't want him to be what I became. I want him to be something I can idolize still. But yeah, it's and, like, and, no, Luke, Luke has, is a human. He's fought, he, he failed. Yeah, he did. He, you know, yeah. yeah. I loved it. I thought it was brilliant. But if you listen mm-hmm. to a lot of the toxic okay. fans, and the thing that really irks them the most was Luke being presented as having failed and being presented as. The, you know the way he was. It's not glamorous, and you know it's like no, I, I I don't want to be that. That's not what I idolize Luke as being because you know I, I see him as something beyond human. And to me, it was actually I thought it was great storytelling to say yeah he, he might have been you know done some great achievements at one time, but a bad a, a bad call on his part pulled him down. And it's like that's very human. That's very you know gripping to me. Yeah, I'd like to see people evolve. Though I feel like I feel like Luke never evolved, and, and that was the big failure. No, no. But I, I, but, I, 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 I can but, yeah, agree with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but that's not what I mean. That 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 I mean, it's fine. <laughs> I mean, they told the story they wanted to, right? And and that's mm-hmm. fine. Oh. Huh. Um, so once more, some some of this is a discussion for a full on. Yeah, it is. Yeah, we're, 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 we, we, we've yeah, we've we've kind of we've kind of oh, gone off the rails, but that's okay. No. <laughs> I think the point. I think the point is good. That I, I think that all this stuff has always been political. But once you attach yourself to, to Luke, like you're saying, and and then Luke Luke isn't what you expected him to be, and he's something else mm-hmm. that ruffles people's feathers. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let, let's do a cat story. 
Well, um, I think oh, uh, uh, you have to, to be fair, we should point out that everything Chewbacca says is absolutely racist. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Mad Cat Cougars. Are these, are these have, all uh, different? Are these all the same story? These were all different stories, actually. Uh, okay, there's you a couple stories from 2019 and from 2020. You can't tell uh, them all, so, t- t- so tell, yep. me, tell me the two best stories. Uh, the Canadian Cougars, and not, not in the um, more interesting Cougar way. Oh, this isn't the masturbation moment again? Okay. Uh, nope. I'm done. <laughs> I'm out. No, let uh, me but, see. Uh, but, the, but they are sexually uh, chasing after... Uh, younger men. Uh, I take it back, Matt. Do, do Matt, Matt, do whatever you want to do. Okay. it's fine. There Go was ahead. this woman, woman in BC who was uh, walking around, and she saw a cougar up ahead. Before Christ, on top of hmm? Before Christ? Oh, you met British <laughs> Columbia. Uh, Never mind. Uh, <laughs> Come on, she said BC. What was I supposed to do? Hey, okay, okay. I believe uh, British Columbia. Correct term. BCE. It's BCE now. Oh, okay. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay, so so are we we're starting with the the cougar spotted in uh, at Winter Sports in Calgary. Oh no, you said British Columbia. Metallica? Yeah, that's the second one. That's the second well. She one? went out. She went out there, and she saw this cougar, and the cougar was just staring at her. And she tried to do the you know make yourself bigger type of thing and whatever else to make it not come near her, but it started coming towards her, and she had Metallica. On her uh, on her iPod or whatever the heck it is, and uh, she played uh, which song was it that she played? Don't tread on me. She played, mm-hmm. and the cat ran away. Right. So amusingly enough, uh, Metallica's frontman James Hetfield caught wind of this story, and they contacted her about it. Uh, called her up, and uh, you know was very nice about uh um she said that she had thanked them for that and you know they they just uh called her up and talked to her and any everything now, now i believe but, uh one of the uh one of the recommendations uh if you're faced with a wild animal like that is to make a lot of noise right yep so and I, that's what she did and that's what she did yes it says i stopped filming i went to my itunes and found metallica's don't tread on me and said, I, uh, uh, she said, I thought it was perfect because it gives me the the message that I want to send, and, it, <laughs> and it's a, a real uh, intimidating sounding song. <laughs> yep. Uh, I, I immediately and... uh, pulled it, pulled it, put on, and held it up right in the air, and uh, continued as it as it as soon as I um, as he heard the first note, he bolted. <laughs> Seems like an iPod or an iPhone speaker wouldn't be the best, uh, loudest uh, kind of thing to put that onto, but as long as it works. Well, she probably well, the wasn't thing is, too, is that uh, the cougar would be able to hear it anyway. So Sure. And it worked. <laughs> and it worked. The cat ran away. So it was pretty pretty interesting and pretty good. Um, to pro- uh, we had the same problem as anywhere else where uh, the animals are losing foothold because of... Uh, because of encroachment of land and all that other stuff. I mean, this has been going on for a long time. So cougars are being spotted a fair amount more within cities or within towns and such. And um, it's interesting because there was a cougar spotted on a doorbell camera in Moose Jaw, actually, as well. That's That's the other one that I wanted to mention about this is right inside the town proving how canadian we are <laughs> proving how canadian we are yep these are our type of things so that, about Jaw. That, that, that is definitely Jaw. a canadian place the people in the states are saying i've yeah, heard of it exactly. before i've heard of it before but i couldn't i couldn't tell you where it is on a map it's in canada <laughs> thanks <laughs> I, can, I can find i can find canada on the map <laughs> see it's easy <laughs> but uh I'll give you three tries, yeah. Brian. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Cougar was in the area of 900 block of James Street, and uh, they was later found by the Moose Jaw Police, and they consulted with con- conservation officers, and they had to euthanize it because of safety concerns. I mean, it was right in town. The the Cougar was. And Cougar was, yeah. yeah. And it could have even... 
been a similar situation to uh, where, you know, there's been more situations like uh, cougar harassing, oh, cougar being harassed by someone with a slingshot in Banff National Park. But they've been cited in dog parks. That seems like a bad idea. In October of 2019, gone after attacking two dogs. And the thing was, was that people were walking these dogs. Oh, wow. And the cougar went after them. Yeah, the first one it went after, and they I think they had bear spray. Thank you, Puma. And uh, got it away, but then it went down to another spot, and it was a smaller dog, and they didn't have any bear spray, so it grabbed the smaller dog and ran off with it. And they caught, they caught the cougar with the little dog uh, a little ways away. Um, but that's right out from uh, from a person holding on to the holding on to the uh, uh, dog leash and everything. That, that's how I feel, you know, in Brazos Bend when people are walking small dogs in Brazos Bend. I feel like they're just walking around, the, you know, bait for an alligator. Yeah, well, <laughs> an alligator would be up at that in no time. But it's it's something that uh, has gotten out of control with because of many of the animals being encroached upon with city lines and such and we even had at one point not too far from uh edmonton i think it was uh this cougar actually attacked a woman and when they caught the cougar it had a double double face basically it was really weird double um, face I, i'm what, what does that mean is it, there a picture it had a face upon a fa- upon its face it had it was disfigured uh oh, okay. probably a Probably, uh, you know, too, uh, too young that, uh, you know, kind of melded together when sure. they were. Yeah. So that one was, I found that one very interesting. So uh, the bottom line is here that, that, that it seems like that we're having an issue with cougars in Canada because we're encroaching on their territory as, as you guys expand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just the same as um, you've had in the U.S. with the. Well, yeah, I guess it's the. Uh, it's, uh... Related to current events, since uh, uh, more contact with wild animals uh, increases risks for new diseases. Well, there's—I mean—that that's certainly a, a possibility, right? I, I don't know. I I thought that 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 the cougar that you were talking about was the same cat that we had here in the states. Is is it a different? Is it a different species? Uh the pumas and cougars are basically the same, but they do have uh, uh they do have subclasses of the cougar. Okay. And they're also called mountain lions, referred- right? They're, well, they're, they're, all, that, yeah. they're all mountain lions. They're so mount- all the, basically yeah. the same. It's just that it's the territory um, and a little bit of genetics that brings them apart. Like there's the, uh, what is it, the uh, Florida Florida mountain cat, they call it? or Yeah, I don't know. I know like Colorado, you know, we um, we have, we had um, a lot of cougars. We, we had, you know, mountain lions. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it just depends on where you are is what you call them. And some of them are a little bit different. Uh, some of them are different um, with their genetics a little bit, but they can still breed together. So, so Arizona um, used to have jaguar, yeah, and they and they have recently started returning. So, so oh. they, they, they so there's been jaguar spottings in Arizona, you know, so that they're coming up from South America, and 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 really that's that's a, that's a reclaiming of their territory. They were they were um, they were killed off. Um, in that area, but that, I, man, yeah, that's the world's third largest cat that that that's you know yeah. uh, made its way back to Arizona. Yeah, uh, the cougar is the fifth largest, so they're smaller than the the jag. <laughs> yeah, yeah, smaller than the jaguar. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So that's that's one heck of a cat to be coming back into that territory. Yeah, it is. Um, I don't know how many they've that you know they've seen, but they ha- they have been spotted. Mm. And I don't know what their range ultimately is, right? I mean, that, that it is a big cat. Yeah, it's um, I don't know, probably having the same bit with them too. With uh... the mountain lion is 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 not small, right? But no. but you know they they're so skittish and shy that we that we haven't had a lot of problems with them, right? They're, they're here and there, there's been issues. And of course, if they attack a human, they generally they have to put them down, right? Because once they attack a human once, if they feel if they feel emboldened to do that. They, they're likely to do it again. Exactly. And that's unfortunate. And that's, because, it yeah. is very unfortunate. They're beautiful cats. And, I mean, um, part of my original internet name has been Cougar Mad Cat. 
so it's uh it does sadden me that uh this kind of thing has been happening um but it's very difficult when you know they can't um they can't do much with their territory because territory is being lost yeah yeah and in in the That's u.s they've lost even more than in canada mm-hmm. yeah because there's the um the panthers down there can a jaguar kill a lion yes definitely mm-hmm. possible hey little note here that i learned watching a uh youtube thing is that there is the jaguarundi was it the jaguarundi or the fisher cat anyways this cat is a South American cat, and it fishes. It swims in the fishing cat. And um, in a zoo, they had this, the fisher cat, beside a jaguar. Um, no, leopard. Leopard uh, enclosure. This cat got out of its enclosure, got into the leopard's enclosure, and killed the leopard. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and this cat is not much bigger than a... Than a um, House cat, hmm. and it went in there and I mean, killed the. I guess it's possible for a bunny to kill a lion. It would have to get lucky, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <They're> <laughs> And, and the, the most likely way for it to, to kill the lion is for from it choking on it. But <laughs> it's technically fucked. Dumbass! I've seen Monty Python on the Holy Grail. So have I. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, no, we're just okay. Like, uh, okay, bunny... it would have to be the right bunny, I suppose. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, Monty Python and uh, and the Holy Bunny and the Holy Grail Bunny could uh, definitely do it. Uh, a Bugs Bunny could also possibly pull it off. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, so this, so that, I mean, that's pretty that's pretty interesting. So we have a, we have cats with, that are losing territory, and so we're seeing them, and they're showing up in in a lot of places in Canada. It sounds like Calgary, British Columbia. Oh, they've already been here. Right, we but you're seeing them, them more. Right across the country. Yeah, but you're huh? seeing them more, right? I mean, um, not so much seeing them more as them coming in contact with us more. Isn't that seeing them more? What am I missing? Well, I think well, saying you can more see dirt. them. Yeah, yeah. In you the can wild. see them up off the range and they walk away, or okay. you can see them. Up oh, I see. On the I see. Hillside the... beside you, and they come get you. They're <laughs> becoming more willing to, to have contact with humans. Okay. Hey. And that's definitely where a lot of the danger comes from. Yeah, sure. Yeah, no, no. It, it, you want them to run away. That's ideal. Yeah. And you don't want them taking your dog away. Nope. Or your kid. Yeah. How do you know? Never mind. What? You said, or your kid. I said, are you sure? Yeah, or your kid. Maybe I want them to take my kid. Oh, that is a possibility. I don't keep my kids on leashes anymore. That's, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Say good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. And it, that's another one in the, uh, in the, uh, the candy thing. The candy thing. Think of something, thing. Brian. Think of something. I, I, was, I was working on, on, on the jeans. I was going to, I was going to go back to the jeans. That, that's another that's one an, in the, in the, in the, I pissed my jeans can. That's another one in the, uh, I pissed my jeans can. Essential oil can? Essential oil can? Yeah, that, that could work. Oh, man. What? In the, in the post box. <laughs> If you've made it this far, that's an hour of your time you're never getting back. But the amateur skeptics appreciate you giving that hour to us. If you'd like to tell us how you felt about spending that hour with us, let us know at WTF at AmateurSkeptics.com. The Amateur Skeptics Podcast is distributed under a Creative Commons Share Alike No Derivatives 3.5 license. Intro music by Peter Cannell. Find more of Peter's music at SoundCloud.com forward slash P-K-A-N-O-L. Exit music by OFM. Find more of their music at myspace.com forward slash OFMHQ. Artwork for the Amateur Skeptics by Sean Smith Ford. Copyright Shadow Knight Digital Portraitry.